If you don't know what a goat is, look it up on the feed. No, no, I can see what you're doing on the screen. Do not call Dr. Adra, she already thinks I'm... I am not. It's an old earth phrase. That patient got my goat. He really, really got my goat. If you're choosing not to use your theosaurus of the thousands of languages programmed into you, then yes, sec. We can just say that he was unpleasant. And I hope he has an unpleasant trip back to Earth. That's what gets me. Why? Why come all the way out here just to... No, my blood pressure is fine. You know they had to dock their entire ship just to bring him on board because he wouldn't travel in the shuttle with their doctor. They get it. I know. Let me just... Dictate this letter and then we can get on to seeing some patients who actually want to be here. Date 56212732. Patient Lee Houndsworth, human. Patient ID 00347512. Normally, I like to start my letters with a little intro about how lovely it was to meet my patient, but I think I'll skip that this time. I don't. I only lie about important things, actually. I accepted Mr. Houndsworth as an emergency crawl-in appointment at the request of Dr. Samoras, the chief medical officer on their ship. From the tone of the referral, I could tell that something had happened. I only became aware later that the patient had refused her medical care on the grounds that she was a uh, filthy alien. If I'd been aware of that little tidbit of information, I would have been much less surprised when the first thing that came out of Mr. Houndsworth's mouth was, well, at least you're human. I... When the solar government was dividing up the vacuum of space into neat little tessellating territories, it was agreed that the asteroid belt would be left as a free zone. I, I know you know that, I'm making a point. There's that saying, someone can be an EVA life support half empty or half full kind of person. Well, I think a person can either think that the asteroid belt belongs to no one, or it belongs to everyone. That's... that's the whole point of the clinic. That's why we're here, orbiting Vesta, instead of sunning ourselves on Mars or Earth. Anyone can come to this clinic and get help. And from what I've seen, everyone does. I guess... I guess I've been trying not to think too much about what life on Earth was like, about people on Earth. I... I I guess his xenophobia was unexpected. Yeah, sorry. I'll start properly now. Mr. Houndsworth is a 74 Earth year old man who presented today with abdominal pain, vomiting, and a six day history of being unable to open his bowels. 
Mr. Hounsworth had previously been, in his words, tolerating an all-inclusive cruise on the luxury astroliner SS Prosper. He explained to me in great length that he had no intention of leaving his mind on Earth, but his grandchild was the captain and persuaded him to holiday with them and the other grandchildren. During the course of his constipation, which includes no passage of flaters for the past two days, Mr. Hounsworth has remarkably suffered no loss of appetite and snapped at me to hurry up with my assessment so that he didn't miss the free lunch back on the Prosper. Apparently, the food has been much better since they replaced the non-human chef. The other holidaymakers and non-essential crew members were preparing to go into cryo for the return leg of the trip when Mr. Hounsworth began vomiting and the uh, crew were finally alerted to his condition. Obviously, prolonged cryo was not going to be an option for Mr. Hounsworth. It's a common misconception that the cryo process freezes the traveller completely, put him down to rest with an obstruction, and after a decade or so, he'd wake up with a perforated bowel and a raging peritonitis. If he woke up at all. Mr. Hounsworth was a difficult historian. You know what that's code for, right, Zek? <laughs> um... I'm not sure who taught you that word, uh, but yes, <laughs> that. Mr. Hounsworth was a difficult historian and refused to give specific details about his pain or the contents of his vomitus other than all over his abdomen and no, there wasn't any blood. When I attempted to question him about his regular bowel habits and any change in the recent months, he pulled a face like a cat who's just had its tail stepped on. Um. Mr. Hounsworth declined to comment on the frequency and consistency of his normal bowel motions. Is that allowed in the letter? Great. He reported no fever or rectal bleeding and a uh, £7 weight gain since departing Earth. Reassuring features given that a common cause of bowel obstruction in a human his age is, that's right, a tumour. I told Mr. Hounsworth that I'd need to examine him and he heaved himself up onto the examination bench with a wince. I could tell before he even pulled down the zipper of his suit that the abdomen was distended. It had that hemispherical ballooning quality that betrays an underlying pathology rather than just the normal distribution of human fat. I felt sorry for him for half a second, until he said, so, you failed your exams. Excuse me? I paused somewhere between the backwards hedgehog and golf clap steps of my hand-washing ritual. To get shipped out here, you can't have done well. I can assure you I'm fully qualified, I told him. Yeah, well, I graduated in the fifth decile and had to wait a year until they'd let me into postgrad into species specialisation training. Doesn't have any kind of ring to it. I wasn't going to show this guy a sliver of weakness. Yes, but you're not a doctor. I drew my gaze away from the pale moon of his bulging stomach, which was free of scars or obvious sights of herniation, if you want to sneak that in somewhere sec, to note the senile Arcus ringing his blue irises with a halo of lipid-rich white. How's that? I took the bait. Come on. He goaded me like I was kidding no one but myself. There's literally a star whale outside, with all these creatures that come scratching at your door. You're just a vet. I can report that the abdomen was tender throughout, even on light palpation. There was some guarding in the left lower quadrant, and I thought I might be able to feel a mass, but he made a noise which, on reflection, was reminiscent of a star whale. 
and snatched at my wrist with the wiry sort of strength usually only found in delirious elderly Caucasians. So I thought it best to cease my assessment. That hurt, he snarled. I knew he probably wasn't going to like what I was about to suggest. With Nurse Calixi acting as a chaperone, I performed a digital rectal examination. That's a finger where the starlight never reaches. Yes, your reminder was exactly what I asked you to do, thank you. But I thought Nurse Calixi was the best option for this particular patient. The examination revealed impacted stool in the rectum, but thankfully no other masses, and a smooth and enlarged prostate. But, you know, the man's 74, he's bound to have a prostate like a grapefruit at this age. I checked the glove afterwards, and there was no... What what do you mean? You think I should scan the glove? I, I put it in the bin. We know what's going on with him, though. The guy's used to living off potatoes and rat meat, and then he suddenly starts feasting like one of the governors. He's just so blocked up that he's given himself a nasty bout of bowel information. The scans... Okay, okay, fine. If it's good enough for the professor, then it's definitely good enough for me. The scan I performed on Mr. Houndsworth confirmed my clinical suspicions by revealing dilated and thickened bowel loops loaded with feces. There were no obvious masses, but... Sec, please send this letter to his doctor on Earth. He'd benefit from a screening checkup when he gets home. Oh, shit. Sec, send an alert to the SS Prosper. Tell them... Tell them I'm going to run. cruise that is. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just... <sighs> Airlock theatre. <sighs> okay, I'll explain. Our working diagnosis for Mr. Hounsworth was stachyral colitis, inflammation of his bowels, of his large bowel, secondary to the sheer amount of impacted stool he was unable to pass. I had discharged him with a course of laxatives and strict instructions not to enter cryo until he'd opened his bowels normally for a few days. Usually I'd just prescribe someone a course of fecus humus, but somehow I don't think he'd tolerate that. Um, why does this satellite seem so much bigger when you're trying to get somewhere fast? I set off way too quickly. Skirting past are usually friendly, but obviously concerned double-headed security sentinel with a cry of emergency i was already lagging by the time i'd made it to the indigo deck sweating on my way through the green quarter and absolutely dying by the time i careened into airlock theater you must have received your message sec because both dr samoros and the captain were waiting for me floating patiently in the gravity spared blankness of the airlock They both presented a concerned calm, interested in what I had to say, but 
ultimately unfazed. Dr. Samaros, in particular, she didn't seem phased at all. She... Well, I'm just saying, they both looked very competent. Sensible. Not the sort of crew you'd expect on a ship with the first case of verminth parasitica since widespread vaccination in 2690. The captain floated close enough to shake my hand, and I noticed that his eyes were the same milky blue as his grandfather's. They widened in disbelief when I informed them of Mr. Houndsworth's diagnosis, and I watched them look over to his ship's doctor, as though she were going to step in and tell me that I'd made a mistake, that there was no way they needed to test every single occupant of the ship before putting them in cryo. Dr. Samoris didn't so much as blink. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that there are laws against letting a bunch of people rock back up to Earth with a Category C parasite infecting their guts. <sighs> so glad you got me to check that glove. No, I, I did give you credit. I did. Dr. Samaras complimented me for thinking to double-check the diagnosis. And I, I said, oh, you, you know, it, it wasn't me. The computer suggested it. She laughed and all her eyes narrowed with amused little crinkles. I'm very lucky to have him, I added, not really knowing what else to say. Oh, fine. Don't believe me. Do help me finish this letter, though. We're running 45 minutes behind now, and there's a pair of troglodyte out there who look ravenous. So, Mr. Houndsworth. Um... Scanning the glove for human tissue and other life forms, toxic agents and bioware, led to the identification of verminth parasitica infection in Mr. Houndsworth's gut. Upon reviewing the scan performed for Mr. Houndsworth, it is entirely possible that the matter I visualised in his bowel was, in fact, the mother worm alongside the faeces. I suspect that with this level of obstruction, the initial infection occurred a few weak cycles ago and has caused his bowels to fail. I have uh, advised Mr. Houndsworth to discontinue his laxative therapy he will need a course of metraminthadazole to destroy the parasite and it's over. Infection with the parasite is virtually unheard of since the vaccination scheme started, but fortunately the SS Prosper is of an age and they still carry a small supply of the required medication. Well, no, not necessarily enough for the whole ship, though they really do need to check everyone. Uh, don't put this in the letter, sec. Soon enough, the captain drifted back into the ship with my instructions for Mr. Houndsworth and my advice for the rest of his unlucky star setters. He had a weight about his shoulders that wasn't there before. I almost felt bad. Poor Mr. Houndsworth, Dr. Samoros commented as the captain's silhouette disappeared into the ship. She seemed less comfortable in the lack of gravity than her commander and kept one hand firmly on the railing as she swam a little closer to me. What? Really? Because he has to endure the company of another species for a nanosecond longer than he wishes to. Her laughter was the crunchy whistle that her kind are known for. Imagine that, being known across space for something as wonderful as what your species' laugh sounds like. Shut up. I asked her if she had any idea where in the heavens this infection could have come from. For infection control reasons, of course. Not because the thought of falling into an awkward silence made me nervous. Her teeth glinted at me from the laser knife's edge of her smile. I have no idea. She blinked one eye. 
but patients tend to catch it by eating food contaminated with the eggs, correct? I was struggling to tell whether this were test or conspiracy, so I just nodded. My brother used to work in the kitchen. She shot me a look, half her eyes flashing in the white light of the airlock, the other half dimly lit with the amber glow from the SS Prosper's open door. I'll have to ask him if anything unusual might have come in contact with the food. Somehow, I suspect that the rest of the ship may be suspiciously clear of any pesky little nematodes. It would be just Mr. Houndsworth's luck to get sick while surrounded by all of those filthy aliens. He's going to dine off this story for the rest of his life, I just know it. Yes, the letter. Um... I am discharging Mr. Houndsworth from the Vesta Clinic and will attach a note advising that other clinicians read this letter before accepting him for routine care. Who am I kidding? He is not coming back out here. I am discharging Mr. Houndsworth from the Vesta Clinic. Shame it's not out of an airlock. Sec. Obviously that last line can't go in the letter. Delete it. Signed, Dr. Faye Underwood, The Vesta Clinic. This episode of The Vesta Clinic was created by AMC. It starred AMC as Faye Underwood and Sec as himself. Music by AMC and Ruby Campbell. Please check out our show notes for content warnings, transcripts, and your prescription of a cat that loves you as much as you love them. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help the show reach more ears, please tell someone who loves podcasts to check into the Vesta Clinic. You can also follow us on your social media of choice at at Vesta Clinic Pod. We'd love to see you there.